Hi guys, I'm here today with my co-host and Paul and Claudia from the sustainability team to be answering questions about Fermark. What is Fermark? So Fermark is a new global scheme covering the uh, certification, transparency and traceability of a number of fur types, which are either farmed or farm raised and from the wild. Fermark doesn't just cover the, the uh, certification programs um, for animal species it also incorporates the chemical process, uh, what we call the dressing and dyeing of fur. So we've introduced a new standard um, which is being applied now. And um, the importance of Fermark is not just about the various certification programs, but how that links together. So for example, if you're purchasing a garment in store, how do you know that that um, fur that's within the garment came from a particular um, program and what sort, what sort of journey it went through um, in the supply chain. So that's where Fermark incorporates um, a traceability system, a third party traceability system, which then captures the movement from the farm or from the trapper through the auction system to a dresser and dyer where sort of chemicals would be used and then on to manufacturing before finally reaching the retail store. So it's, it's quite a comprehensive and complex system and we've been working on it now for several years um, but it's it's a really for us it's a very important project and it's critical because it starts to answer some of those questions that consumers are looking for about origin about welfare um, uh, of the fur that they're using or buying and you say you've been working on it for several years when will Fairmark be launched it will be launched this year 2020 uh, a number of components within Fairmark are already ready uh, and have been ready for some time but because it's a complex program uh, we are ensuring that each element um, passes what we call a kind of internal stress test so uh, we have a governance committee that uh, overlooks everything within Fairmark um, to make sure that we are comfortable uh, with how it's uh, progressing um, but we are confident that it will launch this year and we will be aiming to have dedicated events in order to um, publicise the launch of that. And do you already have friends or companies that are committed to Fermark or that you're working with that are ready to incorporate Fermark into their businesses? So that, that's a very good question. We, we work extensively with global fashion groups, um, uh, either through IFF or through members um, who have direct customer relationships. But with Fermark, um, our governance committee incorporates um, a major uh, luxury fashion group. We also have bilateral, uh, bilateral conversations with a number of um, other major fashion groups or brands. Um, and the majority, if not all of those we have spoken to, are, um, are very keen on what we're developing and will be delivering. Um, how they reflect Fermark to their consumers um, is really obviously for them to decide. Um, but we have, as I say, through that close working relationship, we have a very good understanding of what they want from Fermark and how they wish to reflect it to their customers. And so what does Fermark mean for the consumer and why is it important? I think it's important for consumers to, <clears throat> to be able to, to actually understand more about the product they're purchasing. I think there's, there's, there's a bit of an information gap um, for consumers when they come to buying uh, something like natural fur. And 
what we found through the extensive research that we've undertaken, whether it's through focus groups um, around the world or, or, or the sort of quantitative um, research that we've undertaken as well, is that consumers want to know more about the product they're purchasing. Um, they want to know that, for example, an animal um, has been subject to some form of um, third-party assessment or oversight around its welfare, so that they, are, they know it had good welfare. Um, but they also want to understand about the sort of transparency in that supply chain. And that gives them, importantly, comfort, and it gives them reassurance. So they can, they can talk about, if they feel comfortable, um, the fur type that they are wearing and where it came from, with a degree of confidence that they probably didn't have before. And, and that's why I think that for consumer, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice to buy a garment that is natural, that it comes from environmental sustainable practices, and that is a garment sourced from um, source that they're following really high animal welfare standard, and they are certified. And they know the story, and they can know the story of that garment thanks to the traceability of that uh, fur items. And who will adopt Fairmark? Will the IFF members and auction houses only carry Fairmark furs? Um, that's a good question. I think we have to uh, understand that the, the, the fur sector um, trades in a, a whole range of fur types. Mm -hmm. um, what we have with Fairmark is that it covers six uh, animal certification programmes, um, and those are major programmes in the case of uh, Mink and Fox. And, and the welfare programme is a, an example of that, which covers two, three thousand farms across uh, Europe and, in, and now actually in some cases in America. We have North American um, fur programs, as well as um, for covering both farmed and wild. We have Russian um, sable programs. We have uh, even Swakara from, from Southern Africa. So it's a very diverse um, uh, set of sort of species reflected within Fermat. And, and auction houses are, certainly in Europe, are making commitments around the sale of certified furs in, in this year, which I think is very positive. Um, although there are, as I say, some species which are not covered yet under Fairmark, which we would aim to bring them in in due course. Um, and that's really important because people are very keen to see not just certification of what's reflected within Fairmark, but some of those other species or programmes which are not yet um, within, within the scheme. And is anyone committed yet to engage and have their furs be Fairmark certified? Um, we have had discussions over the last year with um, member associations uh, and brands all, all around the world. And there is a very strong commitment across those, from those discussions to, to, to work with this program, work this scheme. I, I think it's, it's clearly seen as a very positive development. Um, it's very simple for them to be able to communicate to their customers, you know, what is Fairmark uh, and why it's being delivered. Um, so we absolutely have commitment and we're starting to do some projects now to ultimately um, bring in uh, labelling on garments within the coming months, which will start to really show how Fairmark works from, from the beginning of the supply chain to right down at the retail, retail end. Let's talk about retailers and their fur products. What will happen to their fur that isn't Fairmark labelled? So we have... Um, quite extensive experience in this space anyway through the sort of schemes that have been launched over the last 10 or 20 years um, whether it's black glamour or the sub certification retailers are often selling products which might carry a unique form of labeling 
um, or provide some sort of unique form of identification. Um, when we bring Fermark in, there's always going to be that transitional phase of what is or isn't Fermark, and that's about um, communicating to a customer what's what's new and, and, and ultimately will hopefully become the standard um, within the market. But I think it's also important to reflect that Fermark has to be phased in. Um, we do have we'll have stock on the shelf, which is from a previous season, or, or doesn't necessarily reflect all the components that are, are Fermark. So it just still doesn't denigrate that fur. It's just a different um, conversation to the customer about that particular fur. So these certification standards have existed in, in, in various phases, and, and, and so it's important that there isn't a sort of a cut-off period, um, but just Fairmark allows us, because that, that um, bringing together of all these different elements of certification, traceability, uh, and, and the chemical process, that you then have a, a unique story about that particular garment, and that's really important. But for, for retailers, it still allows them to, to, to effectively sell both products which are, uh, are labelled for Fairmark or not labelled, and but over time we would hope to start to see more like labelled um, Fermark products in, in store. What qualifies as a Fermark garment and what actually happens if you have a code, a garment, whatever that's made of two species, one that is now covered by Fermark and one that maybe isn't yet, will that receive uh, a label, will this only say maybe like half of this code is Fermark certified, the other half isn't, what's going to happen with that? We, we work with a solution provider who has extensive, um, let's say a solution provider, a traceability solution provider, who has extensive experience of working with other sectors where there are similar challenges. And there are discussions now around what type of claims we would want to make on the label. So whether it's 100% Fermark or part of a Fermark scheme. So this is part of the, the label pilot that we're developing now is how we develop labels that suit each type of garment that's being produced. And whether we have far too many, which becomes compli too complicated, or we try and simplify it to create labels that, that provide a sort of more generic description of how um, these, these, these fur types are part of the program. So this is a solution that we're developing at the moment um, with the solution provider, with um, specific fur manufacturers, um, as well as with the, the auctions themselves. So it's that, and, and dressing line companies, so it's that full supply chain um, pilot project, but ultimately to a, to a label that mm -hmm. is um, suitable for multiple different garments. And is fur that doesn't come from Fairmark considered sustainable? <clears throat> it's a good question again. Um, Fairmark is, is limited in, the, in its initial phase to the programmes which are outlined um, in the literature that we produce over the last couple of years. We are developing certification programs for other species, fur types. Um, it's, it's clearly a, our intention to try and build Fermark to incorporate more and more of these fur types, but it's not to say that those that aren't part of Fermark aren't, aren't sustainable. Um, it's just the fact that at this stage we are starting with a set of species, a set of programs, and we will over time aim to, to bring those in. Um, I think it also shows, uh, importantly, the commitment from a number of uh, producers uh, uh, that they are wanting to become part of the Fermark program and therefore look towards certification schemes in order to raise standards and transparency of, of their respective fur types. So it, no, it does not make those programs, um, those furs uns, you know, unsustainable. 
it's just that they are acknowledging in many cases that they are part of this journey towards certification, which is what's necessary in the kind of current climate for animal-based species. I want to go back to something you mentioned quite a few times now. It's transparency and traceability mm -hmm. and the labelling. So if I'm going to go into a shop, buy a fur coat, see the fur mark label on there, I know that it means there is some transparency, but am I actually able to look into this? Do I have the insight? Do I really have the traceability and transparency available for me? Is there anywhere where I can look up where this code is actually coming from? Um, so in the case of the, the pilot project we're working on at the moment, we're talking with the traceability solution provider about what form of messaging, uh, what type of messaging a consumer actually wants. Again, we tested this through focus groups, we tested this through the, the, the quantitative research as well to understand really what consumers want. And it does differ by market, differs by age group, sex of, of those who are engaging. So there's, there's different, um, different kinds of information that you should be delivering to a consumer depending on where you are and who you're aiming at. Um, what we have seen is that consumers don't want necessarily full high-tech traceability. You know, they don't want to see the ex exact farm that an animal came from. Um, but what they want is reassurance. Reassurance and confidence that this is a system that works. And therefore, what we would probably aim to do in the first instance is to provide some very simple messages mm -hmm. about the program. Um, and take them to, for example, um, a portal website, which we have already, which can tell them more information about the program. And that's the sort of initial <coughs> reassurance. But it also depends on the brand. If you have a brand which has a high level of, of, of customer, should we say, satisfaction and confidence, then a brand may not necessarily want to give them all that information mm -hmm. because the trust is already there with the brand. Whereas for a brand which doesn't necessarily have that relationship, um, with their customer, they may feel that they need to be stronger on the sustainability message and the transparency and therefore the traceability. So there are some quite interesting elements within this um, whole project which isn't necessarily answered mm -hmm. by a one-size-fits-all yeah. solution. We yeah. have to be adaptable and flexible for, for the market needs and expectations. So a brand could actually decide how much information they're going to make available to their customer and mm. then one question is this is for, for the customer, but for a brand that might want to still use fur, will they have all the insights to trace down where the fur is coming from they're using in their collection? Will you provide these people with more information, hoping that they might continue using fur or start using fur again? So, for example, we have a discussion um, fairly shortly with uh, our traceability solution providers and um, major brands to understand specifically the Maison's needs regarding manufacture to retail, how that works at the moment, because they have traceability at certain parts of the supply chain, but not necessarily the whole part of the supply chain, and therefore how that integrates with the, the, the software that we have, which is effectively end-to-end. -end. And that's really important from an internal perspective, that they can show internally the, the, how they're sourcing and, and, and mm -hmm. the supply chain of that animal species but then how do they want to reflect that to the customer so there's an internal absolutely and it's very important to have an internal process which fully tracks um, and is transparent but do they necessarily need to then translate that into a customer experience so it's just getting that those mm -hmm. needs and, and requirements right but for us as a project to deliver traceability it has to be fully transparent 
um, across the piece. But again, it, it really depends on what ultimately the brand wants to communicate yeah. to their customer. And do you think customers are more willing to buy more furs now, knowing that they're certified, and will they become more expensive? The, uh, the, the, the research we did um, was really interesting. If you take um, an example of Italy, where if you ask a question about fur um, and consumer attitudes to fur, whether they would buy or wear fur, if you introduce the topic of certification and, and fur mark, consumer attitudes increase significantly in a positive way. So there is clearly a demand amongst consumers for information about the product that they're mm -hmm. potentially going to purchase and the reassurance that that product is from a, um, a sustainable source. So does that translate into actually people purchasing garments? I think the statistical analysis that we've done suggests yes, um, absolutely. But it has to be accompanied with a proper um, rollout to consumers so they actually get those messages and understand them. Um, it's not just confined to a, a retail mm -hmm. store where we can deliver that message. And I think what is important to understand is that the challenge that we're facing now in the world are defined by the decision that we take. And Firma gave the right information to take the better decision. And consumers want this level of transparency, want this level of knowledge, and they want to know what is the sustainable added value of what they buy. So a format can give you this answer and can actually uh, give all this information to consumers to buy better. So the fair industry is banking on fair mark and traceability and transparency to attract consumers. In the same time, other players are banking on new technologies like lab-grown fur and materials made out of fruits and vegetables like pineapples and mushrooms. There is a big race from all to champion sustainability and the future. Where do you place Fairmark in this race? I think that uh, Fairmark is important because we need to understand that whatever is behind the, uh, the production of a fur item is uh, legislated by law. Okay? Uh, what the certification do, what Fairmark certification do, is try to raise the standard. So it's taking the basic standard and try to uh, have a more aspirational, a very good um, standard to follow. So it's always try to innovate the, the products that you have uh, in a better way. We know that fur is sustainable because it's a quality material that um, can last for several years. Uh, it's biodegradable, but um, we need now to sustain the quality of the product with a, a really uh, strong um, scheme as, as Fermank is, because uh, it's a certification scheme that will have to produce a garment in a, in a more sustainable way. So it can sit in, in the debate of today around sustainability and innovation. But I think it's also <clears throat> important to, to reflect that there is a significant focus on the impact of, of fashion. Um, on the environment, whether it is truly sustainable, the rise of fast fashion, synthetics, uh, the chemical use, uh, and what all of that has in terms of its impact on the environment or beyond the sort of social um, uh, impacts as well. And what's clear from the, from the work that, that we've done through, whether it's the Vermont project or, or looking at more broader sustainability topics, is that a natural fur has many advantages over its synthetic alternatives. And whilst there is drive to produce new technology in fashion, 
um, particularly with a focus on sustainability. Um, the alternatives to natural fur at the moment do carry a significant footprint. And um, the research that we're undertaking uh, at the moment certainly suggests that natural fur, when you factor in particularly the life cycle, um, is extremely sustainable. And there's a lot of innovation happening within our sector, particularly where we know there are challenges with our footprint, which will help reduce that significantly. So the, the industry is, is, is very innovative. It doesn't recognize where the challenges are um, and is, is trying to address those. And at the same time, we have um, materials uh, that we, we produce. Um, and if I took the example of, of a wild fur material, its, it's footprint is, is negligible because it's effectively a, a byproduct of conservation. So why would you not use something like a byproduct of conservation programs when the alternative is a synthetic, which carries a, a significant carbon footprint? And going back to the point about biodegradability, longevity of, of real fur, again, why would you replace that with a synthetic alternative? So the Fermark project is really important when it comes to um, providing customers reassurance, confidence around the animal certification, the, the chemical usage, transparency and traceability of the supply chain. But I think it's also important for consumers to recognise and, and, and brands and beyond that natural fur has many inherent, inherent sustainable qualities. And welfare is a key component, but the environmental impact is, is also really important. And as an industry, to say we are innovating and doing many important things, projects right now, which I think help to showcase fur as a truly natural, sustainable material. So when we launch Fermark this year, we're also focusing on the broader topic of sustainability and we have a strategy launching um, within the next month which will help sort of showcase our commitments over the next five ten years in, in that space. Thank you Paul and Claudia for answering our questions on Fermark. I hope that everybody listening has a better understanding of what Fermark is and until next time I will see you all soon.